Welcome. You're listening to the 3.0 edition of the Brain Fuzz Arts, Music, and Culture podcast with Joe Kamusa and Matthew White. Today, painter Susanna Braborovich joins Joe and Matthew. We hear about her studio life in Leipzig, the role of architecture, politics, and socioeconomic factors in her work. The subjects of beauty and bright colors are broached. Layers are peeled back. The case for the role of doubt in the creative process is argued. And, a Brain Fuzz Europe tour is floated. For more information and links to resources on this episode, you can always find the show notes at brainfuzzpodcast.com. And now, from safe and secure locations at Brain Fuzz Northwest, Brain Fuzz Southeast, and Leipzig, Germany, here are Joe and Matthew with Susanna Braborovich. just judging from your work, um, which I've really enjoyed looking at. I mean, I just, what comes to mind is uh, a lot of labor They're you know, they're ambitious, they're large, there's a whole lot of work. And it seems like you obviously must thrive on discipline to work on complex passages within a work um, that, you know, I'm, I'm assuming some of those things probably take you days just to like, I just need to finish this detail of this small portion (laughs) And, uh, you know, and if the weather's yeah. nice, sometimes that's tough. You know, you're like, eh, I'd rather be yeah, strolling around Leipzig. Yeah. <laughs> well, before, I think I was really devoting all my time to painting. And it was, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it would take me days just to do like, you know, one layer or even weeks to do one yeah. thing on a canvas. And especially because they were so big. Um but yeah, nowadays I try to make a bit smaller paintings. That's first, uh-huh. like just not to go over two meters because this is like really um, a lot. And also I change my, my painting now a bit. It's not so much connected to architecture anymore. So it has more atmospheric kind of feeling to it and it's more with connected with the view with the gaze in the sky and like the constructions in the sky and stuff like that so um yeah but before it was very um yeah just my my whole days were devoted to painting and I think that allowed me to really go crazy even with scales but also with with the technique and just also with the precision that I had to have to actually achieve those certain kind of, yeah, effects, I guess. Yeah, like the structures that you were creating, obviously, very, uh, you know, hard-edged, but in, in multiple perspectives. I mean, the way you order space and layer it is uh, is very impressive, but I, uh, I would also hazard to guess that it's very time-consuming. Very. <laughs> to be able to see the work and see those different layers. Um, but obviously very rewarding for, for the viewer, um, whether it's an artist or, or not. But uh, I could imagine that you're having to switch up how you work and to balance family life and to have a life. You know, I mean, yes, I think yeah. Yeah, all of us can important. have those times in our life when we're like totally in the studio. But do you think the work's necessarily better or do you think when you have all the time versus now that you have other demands, do you feel 
like you make decisions quicker or that you're finding to, like new ground just because you're like, yeah, I'd love to make a really super complicated painting, but yeah. I can't spend another six months on this large painting. So yeah, my, my, my demands have changed for sure. But I think I also became more, um, I mean, nicer to myself actually to, to, to start thinking about paintings that, you know, shouldn't be so time consuming, but just like, letting go and more be in the moment because also before like my paintings were very planned and structured and and it was great but at the same time when I had a kid like I saw that this is not a way to proceed because it's it's just so time consuming that I need yeah I would never be able to make like enough production in a year you know yeah um so and this was also something that I struggled before because I would get like for instance uh, one of the last series that I made like that were three big paintings in 2018 uh connected to bridges they were like I made I was making them like for 10 months like those three paintings and that's it and it. sometimes yeah. if I have more exhibitions then I don't have enough work so uh, basically I I have to step up my game <laughs> and um, and make more paintings also. If you don't mind stepping back a moment, um, when we first talked, your day in Leipzig, uh, you, you painted this picture. Well, yes, you told this story uh, about going to the studio and your commute. Leipzig has been on my list for a while, and I just haven't made it there. Tell us again, kind of day-to-day, what you're what your what your practice looks like i actually have i'm very lucky to live very close to my studio my studio is located in spinnerei leipzig it's basically the spot to be um in leipzig it, it, where all the famous artists are as well even though i never see one but um <laughs> i i live actually um by foot 10 minutes away and with bike like two minutes away um, from my studio. So that's super convenient because, yeah, in the morning I drop off my kid to, to daycare and then I jump to my studio and I'm here like for six, seven hours as much as I can. Um, and then I, yeah, I pick, pick up my son like at three afternoon and then have family time but at the moment things are getting so crazy that I am very often coming back uh, in the late afternoon and evening to work more because I, I just simply don't have enough time to make all yeah. things to do all things yeah I mean the pandemic was fun for a while because I was like really um, concentrating just on the work that I did you know in the studio and I was not paying attention so much what will happen afterwards but now that kind of things are opening again i am like the projects are just coming in the exhibitions and i'm now i'm freaking out because i have to do so many things yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, we, it's a, a good problem but stressful it's a good, no <laughs> yeah, it's a great I mean, it's a great problem it's just that time management can be difficult that's sure, the only thing sure. well and one of the things you said when we were trying to schedule this the the brain fuss team of interns had a little trouble with the uh time time difference uh but you 
But you, you, you specifically said this was the time of day that you can focus. It's quieter, and you've got a you know you've got a strong internet connection at the studio. I do, I do. That's part of that discipline. You have to structure structure it down to the hour almost. Well, I mean, sometimes you really want to, but life gets in the way. So I, yeah. I cannot, I cannot really control everything. So I'm, I'm just going day by day. I have a rough plan what I want to do in one day, but sometimes it really doesn't work out. So I try to come in the evening and then maybe do it or whatever. Just like go with the flow because I. I don't know how else to do it. It's just crazy because we are here, my husband and me, alone with the kid. So we don't have a really um, yeah. like a support circle or mm-hmm. grandparents or anybody who could like, you know, just overtake a little bit uh, right. so that we could have more time for ourselves and more our projects. The way that this all got started was um, I had been following uh, your work on Instagram I was first drawn to it by the architectural qualities, and and so I've been following for years, I guess. And and um, there's just a consistency in what I see, and then of course a beautiful studio. By the way, a lot of these Instagram (laughs) shots are, yeah, it's um, it's it it's just it's really great to see you know the content, the quality of the content, and the quality of the work that you can really appreciate. Uh, over that medium, it's not not always the case with 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 a lot of what's out there. But one thing I've noticed as I look in, in into uh, your website, your history, and the and, and different bodies of work, is that you are able to move between different ways of working. It looks like, and it, it seems like you do that well. And that's that's difficult often to pull off, um, and still maintain some sort of voice. Tell me about the paper cutting, for example. Well, the paper cuttings are a special, a special thing that actually happened very spontaneously. Um, because I have, like, with the painting, I also have always different mediums that I'm also working in. And paper has been, up to that point, somehow not so frequent in my work. And... Um, it started off just by cutting some like basic white newspaper paper um, that was super thin and it created like I just cut it like layers and layers of it and it created like this kind of holes inside and the shadows were like casting I mean the light was casting the shadows inside and it's it created like a new dimension that I thought I could never achieve in a painting so that's why I thought about like as I'm adding layers to the painting with like with brushes and with layers and everything I thought about like making a process that it's kind of reversed so that I'm um, taking away the paper and actually digging inside somehow like in the layers of paper and with this I because my background let me just put it this way like I'm I come from a workers family my father is like has a um, small construction business he was like he's building houses since forever since I was a kid so we have tons of like photographs and old artifacts like from him because of like all the construction sites and one of the things that um, I came 
upon to like was actually sourcing out the the paper um the the plans is it how is it called blueprints um, yeah blueprints exactly the blueprints yeah. um that my father actually used in construction um building so basically all the houses that he built were in those blueprints so um this kind of came as very spontaneous thing that i just took those those sheets of paper and just started like cutting them and because they have so many different colors it was just amazing what what it did and that's why i i made like a, first i made like a series of three flags where uh each flag was kind of losing its color it was fading um and also it was like colors of the slovenian flag and it was like i brought up like a maybe like a bigger concept to it like to have some kind of social political aspect to it but in the end it was like kind of losing power like that that was my feeling that i wanted to create like losing power and then becoming completely obsolete or even like a decay in the end so and uh, these plans these blueprints prints have been then also later used for more abstract abstract work what i would just cut the plants and just assemble them in like compositions and yeah it it kind of creates like this empty empty spaces that kind of resembles bones or like just okay. constructions um so yeah it's it's a different thing but i think it's very connected to my painting and also my paintings afterwards after i did those three initial paper cuttings i would for instance take the colors that were in those um sheets of paper and uh painted them so i made like a whole series of paintings based on for instance those pastel colors yeah I mean that's great. I mean because obviously it's in your it's in your blood practically, you know. I guess. Growing growing up, well, it sounds it and then to be able to take that and and build something that you could still make more work from. I mean, I think that's the ideal when it's like this self-generating uh concept Because uh, how many artists like are especially working abstractly are stuck with like what am I going to paint on a blank canvas? You know, I think it's fantastic when it's like I know you know what you're going to be painting probably for the next year. It doesn't sound like you're short well, of uh, subject matter between. Well, I could argue here. Oh well, <laughs> it's, it's not so easy. Uh, no, it's it's actually it was like that for me uh, basically up till 2018 when okay. i was pregnant when i was painting that last few series like of those three paintings of um bridges series bridges okay and then i came to the point where i knew i had to change and i also needed to change the topic a bit because architecture is great and i have this like deep and personal connection to it but i also came to a point where um I don't know. I just wanted to feel lighter, you know, and not so much deep into this 
social, political, economical that I was sure. always reading about and like researching. And then I would implement those kind of thoughts and ideas back into the painting. When I started working with architecture, my first initial idea was to work with um, like the the photographs of my father from construction sites. And it actually, it was in 2008 when it was like this big recession in the world. And it mm. really hit, especially in our country, it hit the construction business the most. And it was a lot of like bad, just bad vibe and a lot of suicides between workers and so on. And wow. it resonated with me. And I know my father's business like degraded completely. Um, I mean, he's still struggling because of this, you know, it's like, it, it, it just, it was such a big break in between that, I don't know, when I was in academy, I was just kind of searching for a topic that would, not searching, but just trying to look in front of me to see what is my topic, like what, what is my point of interest and it was the whole time in front of me so I think then in 2011 I started working um, with these kind of images like of workers of my like it was completely based on my father's uh, photographs from construction sites so it was quite interesting and then I moved for instance to to the local area where I lived and um, like there like the industry that collapsed when Yugoslavia fell apart um, and all the abandoned buildings there. And then, you know, it. I always moved from one series to another series and always thought about like, like a reason and a consequence. So if something happened, then also on the other side, it must have happened similarly or it was connected somehow. Um, so yeah, and I think actually when I came to Germany that I changed a bit how I was viewing like my surroundings. I took it to a big, bigger perspective and not so much from my personal and local stand, but just more general. Um, it was still something that I don't know if many people were interested in, but I found, for instance, like those flag towers, for instance, very interesting and appealing in a way because they were like really something that I never seen before actually so so tell the story tell the story because there is no really frame of reference for what you're describing here yeah so basically um I was researching how um, there was like this concept of ideal cities and it's um, basically um, cities that were constructed or even like is made as a concept in, in Renaissance, but also before, like long ago. And mm -hmm. um, somewhere they were built, somewhere not, but they all had this interesting star-shaped um, walls around it. And mm -hmm. um, at one point, I start I, like these walls became very um, interesting to me, and I started researching like how they developed, like through Middle Ages, and then um, afterwards, and up to the modern age, what it meant to have a wall around the city. 
or how cities were kind of defending themselves. So in in the Nazi era in Germany, for instance, like these kind of towers, they're called flag towers because they were um, they were like a protection from the air attacks on the city. So basically they would build uh, three big towers in one city and those would be three points of shooting in the sky um, to like enemy airplanes. Um, and these massive structures were made from so much concrete that basically it's impossible to tear them down and they still stand because it's like four or five meters of concrete and yeah, they would have to blow up um, half yeah. of the city probably to take them down. So they still kind of remain as a visible structure, visible monument to this day and a reminder mm -hmm. of that era. And mm -hmm. I found it interesting because um, Hitler wanted something completely else to be left, you know. He was very much mm -hmm. into neoclassicism and he wanted everything to be, you know, in stone and all the beautiful stones and, you know, just like this kitschy style, antique style. Um, but what remained actually after him are not those things, but are also mm -hmm. these towers. And I thought that was interesting to have like these huge concrete blocks still standing and kind of decaying on their own. They were, they are ruins. Um, and slowly, actually, they are also gaining a repetition, reputation again and are like some people are buying the, the, the bunkers and are actually actually turning them into like something else, for instance, like a power plant or aquarium in uh, Vienna okay. and so on. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's interesting aspect that you actually buy something that's so like, you know, deep and rooted with, with mm -hmm. evil and with history and then you make it as something else, you know. There's also this one bunker in, in Berlin called uh, Boros uh, Collection. They actually, this guy bought the whole bunker and he he remodeled the bunker to an art museum. So it's it's like um, like if he has a big collection of big names there and yeah, you can visit it and take a look. So it's it's something that I thought was interesting. So that's why I decided to to paint these structures. Oh, I think it's fascinating. And I, that's a pretty big topic these days about, you know, what to do with whether it's monuments, can they be repurposed or do they need to be raised if possible? Or it's, it's definitely worth talking about, you know? Well, in this, in the, in this case, these are, um, gosh, unintended monuments. I don't know how accidental monuments. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they are. They are because, you know, also Albert Speer, um, who was the architect of, of the Third Reich, uh, he had a completely different vision of, of, of the cities in Germany. So the, these structures are actually leftovers now for me. It's just a bit ironic, you know, because they were, I don't know, it's so brutal, you know, they are like really pure concrete and nothing else. 
Um, but they had like an interesting um, concept actually that I was also digging into. Um, like Albert Speer, he was presenting to Hitler um, his ideas how a building will look like as a ruin. So basically, even before the building was made, he was making a suggestion how it will look like in thousand years because wow. they thought it will last thousand years. Yeah. Um, so they would actually, I don't know who painted it, but they had like three paintings. It was actually after a model. I'm not sure now. I forgot a bit because I wasn't, this was a long time ago that I researched this, but it was like, um, it was a concept that was already known in England, I think a hundred years back or something. Um, and basically they had like three paintings painted and one was like new and then it was just like weathered and then it was as a ruin. Um, so this was also a concept that I kind of, you know, was taking in when I was looking at all these flak towers and just like, yeah, I don't know, comparing and evaluating like what, what this meant or what this means to me or, yeah. So. Well, you, I mean, you have a unique perspective given your insights and personal history, um, the fall of communism, and then to uh, enter that environment and have this unintended monument to fascism and the mistakes of the past. Um, but then also there is that layer, like you said, the socioeconomic struggle as well that happens with, um, with uh, I guess, now a global... Uh, financial system that that uh, oftentimes is a lot uh, uh, less stable than we think it is. Yes, for sure. I think when I look at your work and I see these layers, um, I can enjoy your work. It, it, there's beauty in this work, but then also there are those layers, just as you, with the paper cutting, work through these layers and subtract layers, and then with your painting, you're adding layers. Um, but hearing you describe these things... I now see more of that in those layers. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. Yeah, and just looking at your titles, and, and I think it was, maybe it was in your statement, but just talking about deconstruction and fragmentation, um, that certainly comes through in all of the work that I looked at. Um, and then on a basic level, like formal level, you know, just to see super tight areas, really good paint application versus slightly, you know, like more maybe what one would read as abstract, just adding visual interest, but showing kind of, you know, decay uh, when you were talking about like the, the three models, you know, painted new, what did you say? Um, like weathered. a hundred years, weathered, yeah, and, weathered and, and, and ruined, you know, ruined. Yeah. Weathered. you know, like I certainly... Um, and I don't, and that's not an easy feat, you know, I think, um, cause like, again, I keep going back to the labor, um, as a painter, I'm thinking like, wow, that's a ton of, ton of work to, uh, like those bridge paintings, but, um, yeah, those were most complicated paintings. I but did they don't actually. feel, but they don't feel overworked or, you know, overwrought. And yet there, there is a looseness, um, which you know again is a testament yeah. to your to your to your skill. Um, yeah, it's a fine line in between. <laughs> of course, like, I have to I have to control myself because 
I can put so many things on canvas. It's it's uh, unbelievable. <laughs> like, the, the, like, the listener will not see the flash of weariness that I saw in your eyes when <laughs> we were talking about the detail and precision of the bridge paintings. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's commendable, though, because like you were talking about, you know, whether life intervening that's perhaps changing your subject matter a little bit now. So I think that is courageous if you've got, you know, obviously it sounds like you've got a lot of demands for you, for you to exhibit your work, et cetera. Um, and it's easy to get pigeonholed. And I think to be able to say, yeah, I'm still me, but th- this new body of work, because there are people that are just going to want you to make bridge paintings for the rest of your of life. Course. And, and you'll need of 30, course. you know, 30 people working in your studio um, and a gourmet chef to feed them. <laughs> You know, to meet those production levels, you know, yes. like that's the reality these days versus yeah. what still challenges you. So I just was going to say, I think that's um, it's refreshing to hear that. And it's not like I'm not insinuating that you're um, oh, no, no. simplifying or dumbing down in any way, but to, to no. you know, continue to search um, for. That's that's that, the thing. That's, that's my main goal. I mean, also also with the paintings like before in this architectural interest and so on, like I was always trying to, with each series, to add new elements, to make some new compositions, like to, you know, to change things around because I get pretty easily bored. And I think at some point, um, like I got to to those bridges, which were really, really um, time-consuming to make, but at the same time, it gave me a lot of satisfaction in the end to look at it, you know. Um, but I realized, like, I I know I can make 20 paintings like that. Like, I can. But it's just like, do I want to, you know? It's like sure. I have so many things that I want to um, dig in and investigate or, like, paint in a different manner or, I don't know, just, like, be f- more free, you know? And that's why I had trouble when I gave birth to my son. Like, I was on pause for a year and a half. And I really struggled because it was... I knew I didn't want to continue where I left. But also, at the same time, I didn't know what was the next step. So that's why <laughs> I was laughing before when you said that I probably have all the topics like in advance, like for a year's work in advance already resolved, but I don't. Um, so I am now, I don't know, it just came by surprise, like what I was reading about and stuff like that. And it just, I don't know, I just felt like I needed a new experience in the arts within sure. my own painting. Yeah. Is it the entry point that, that you feel you were looking for and then you can kind of explore and figure it out from there? Or like how planned out are we talking? Well, the thing is, I always loved, for instance, abstract art. Like even back when I was studying, I know I can put together abstract paintings quite good. Um, and it's, it comes very easily, naturally to me. 
but it comes too easy. So I am kind of frustrated then if I make a painting in a half an hour, I'm like, okay, what's next? Then? Hmm. So it's, it, there's no excitement. I mean, there is excitement when I'm painting it, of course, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm feeling like, okay, I need more work to it so that I can really make it more mine, you know, more complex, more intriguing. Um, so when I started painting, I would start it like very abstract and just like mm -hmm. letting go. And then from that abstraction, I would build up yeah. like the compositions and so on. So I would say for some paintings, it's like some things are planned and for some paintings, it's, it goes completely natural way and it's, um, and they're um, like completely unplanned. So I'm, I don't know. It depends on a painting always. Like it's kind of, it tells me what it wants and what it needs to be. And sometimes I change completely everything. And it's also hard because since forever, I want to keep all the layers visible. So I, I think I don't, I never allowed myself um, for more mistakes in my work where now I'm trying to lose that. So now I'm like really diving in and like painting. And then if I don't like it, I'm replacing it, but still trying to leave everything mm -hmm. visible from the first mm -hmm. layers. Um, yeah, I don't know if I completely went off the question now, but... No, 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 no. that's good. You're right on it. <laughs> I saw some of, I guess, the latest work. What, how would you describe it, 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 the changes that you've... Changes in approach, I guess, that you've made recently. Well, first thing is that I'm using as a like first layer as this basic abstraction that I make. I use more vibrant colors, um, and it's just something I decided like I want to make a more colorful, colorful uh, series now. So. Second thing is I also bring in my son who is now two and a half years old yeah. and, I, and I let him paint the first layers of the painting, which is very liberating because, yeah, he's already painting better than me. <laughs> um, no, really, like he has, like he did one piece where I was just really wondering if I should continue working on the painting because it was already so good. <laughs> Kids, yeah. you know, I've heard this before. The, ki the kids don't have the rules. They don't feel the need to follow they the rules. And so they no. end up with results that yeah. we're not going to have. No. It's like, and he's just, you know, he's just like painting and he's saying words, like describing what he's painting. So that is super fascinating to me. And like, he's like, oh, this is an airplane. And it's actually just, you know, like a gesture. Mm -hmm. But it's mm -hmm. just, like, it's, it's so freeing to see that. And it's something I forgot completely. So it's for me, this right. is now a very important step to bring him in every once in a while and just let him observe and, I don't know, on a bigger canvas, like, but only on the first layers, like, to, yeah, right. to, right. to work. Right. <laughs> let him assert his agency on the first, <laughs> yeah. the first layer. So it looks like there's a lot of texture on these newer Paintings. Yes. So was it the same thing like with the bridge paintings or was that a pretty tight surface that it was more flat. I mean, it was 
because there were so many layers, it was kind of um, building up. But now the, 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 some layers are really thick, so mm -hmm. with really thick color, and they are like, you know, a few millimeters off the, off the canvas. And I don't know, I'm just like trying out different materials, different colors, different mediums, and just seeing like what acts in which way. Um, and then trying to combine it. But I think it's very fun to see also because if I create something that has like really uh, big thickness, um, it casts shadow, you know, like onto canvas. Yes. So it creates instantly like this, another dimension to it. So I really like having those kind of bigger um, structures now on the canvas. Yeah. And are you, um, what are you working with, acrylic and oil? I work or just... with acry just acrylic, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm too impatient for oil. <laughs> it's... I was going to say, yeah, wow. That would take years <laughs> for yeah, some of those layers. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah especially dry. if I, because I do like to have more thickness um, and this would just, I don't see it happening in, in oil. Maybe for some fish finishing layers, yes, but not like the, sure, the yeah. whole painting would be made like this. So yeah. Joe and I were tossing some uh, artist names around, and, and I understand that that's not something that... that uh, <laughs> if, if you were going to throw out your influences, the names that come to mind, what are, who are they? Oh, my God. Like... From like living, right now, because that's impossible. Like right I know. Like who? Well, yeah, right, who, yeah. Who really? It, it's exciting to you. I recently discovered um, this one artist, American artist, that I'm just in. I don't know. I have such respect. Uh, his name is Josh Joshua Hegler, and he he really he has this amazing amazing adding of layers of oil color and it's just fascinating to me how he makes it and also just the way he speaks about his art and how he is oh wow i don't know just like he creates this like outwardly paintings and it's just it's been a, a greatest discovery lately that i that i found like of an artist yeah, these look um, huge. Yeah, and they are huge, and I don't know. And his wife, Maya Rusnik, um, she's also a painter. She also does amazing paintings. Like, I don't know, they're just like this crazy couple that does crazy art. Crazy couple. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I really like um, Avery Singer, for instance. Um, she makes like really elaborate computer generated paintings, like a lot of. Got the interns that work in it. They're scrambling right now, looking uh -huh, going uh -huh. over this list, already arranging. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> so yeah, how how do you does the digital play a role in your? Is is that a part of the work stream or is that? Yeah, it is. But I, I'm. For me, it's very natural. I mean, um, 
it always played a role, but I see it really as, as a tool and nothing mm -hmm. else. Um, I don't make a concept around the fact that I use a computer, but I just use it as a tool to actually help myself um, in creating this kind of intertwined paintings of layers and layers and layers. So it's... Um, do you sketch or do you, do you, you know, have reference materials and basically draw the sketch gets on the canvas in portions for some of these structures? Um, no, I, I actually, I have a beamer. Um, so a lot of the times I would sketch actually in, in Photoshop, like I would prepare, prepare okay. some layers. Uh -huh. Um, but actually it's impossible to do everything yeah. in the computer. Like, and uh -huh. also I always make different decisions than on the canvas. So even if I have some kind of like very raw idea and uh -huh. like sketched in, 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 in Photoshop, I can then like completely change like color wise, material wise and everything. And it's, it's never actually as it was on the computer. So, right. Do you, um, I mean, don't you find like that gets very uh, mathematical or, uh, Sometimes. Boring almost, you know, if you're really just chained to it versus the art artistry comes in probably when you do make those choices. And maybe yeah, it's a, it's a combination of both, I would say, because it's a, it's like I am very precise by making all these like tapings and yeah. like all the straight lines and edges and stuff. But at the same time, like with the work I'm doing now, it's much more than within these limits of of tape i get more creative so it's like it's a, it's a new combination that i'm now doing uh, but before when i was working quite monochromatically it was mostly grays and like very subtle colors that from texture wise um they were kind of more flat you know mm -hmm. um so i was just like piling layers and layers and layers to create the depth that I wanted to have in the painting. And now I'm like maybe taking less layers, but then trying to create the depth with less layers, you know, with just like um, adding texture to the taped surfaces or something. Right. I don't know if this makes sense. It's so hard. No, it does. <laughs> I mean, um, we don't always talk too much about our own work on this thing on the podcast, but, um, I've certainly wrestled with that for a couple of years. I'm like, do I need to make a painting that has, I don't know, let's say 15 layers or can I possibly do it in five and yeah. trying to challenge yeah. myself? Like I, what's the point of overly complicating something? Um, yeah. You know, exactly. is it for me or like, does the viewer actually like, you know, cause you know, it's like showing works in progress. Sometimes, you know, the, the scrap paper I find is sometimes more exciting for people than like the painting or the drawings I make. And I'm always like, what is that? You know, there's that immediacy or less, you know, uh, uh, maybe they seem less over overworked or something, but, um, what, what do you think? I mean, it was something you said earlier about you wanted, wanted, uh, to be more vibrant. Um, 
behind there. What is the, and the, you know what, I'm just going to throw this out to everybody. What is that, what is that thing uh, that says, hey, I want to make more vibrant things? <laughs> and where does that come from? Like, I, you know, I've always like, is it just because I want to see that? Or is it, what is that? Because, I mean, we all know what, what you're talking about there, but I've always often wondered, what is the source of that? So is it a, is it a thing? <laughs> Do you hear like if you know, it's, it's just one of those decision points, I guess you may, creatively, yeah. you know, and, 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 yeah. and I don't know where that comes from. Is it, is it more the, um, I just, I want to see this, or is it rooted in yeah. some sort of... Um, no. I think for me, it comes from actually the source material that I'm using um, as a point of reference. So if I am now dealing with skies, with clouds, with, uh, I don't know, sunsets, whatever, um, like just this atmosphere somehow, like the look of atmosphere. Um, and if you put 10 different sunsets together, Mm-hmm. What do you get? Like you get like a bunch of like really extreme, vibrant colors, and I think it's not that I want to recreate that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I do like certain colors from those things, and I think taking colors like as point of reference and then creating the new work with it excites me at the moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very opposite to what I did before. So I think this is also the excitement to it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned monochromatic and, and, you know, just also wondering, like, are you coming out of a, well, we're all coming out of COVID, but like a long, hard winter, you know, obviously why is spring usually so uh, glorious just to see colors and, um, I could see that being a natural reaction, maybe, of saying, yeah, I want to lighten up. Or, But uh, sometimes, at least in my circles, um, beauty can be a bad word in yeah. art, which I disagree with. But do you, do you get that? Like, people think, like, you're not being serious if you... Um, if and yet looking at sunsets... Well, but looking at a lot of, looking at a lot of um, you know, contemporary art, obviously there's a lot of very bright colors i mean obviously with internet culture mm-hmm. i mean it's it's not i, I don't it, think yeah. it's germane to most of us but um i don't know i just sometimes i wonder like if people are trying to make really austere rigorous work and it's got to be versus why not use some day glow colors if that's what's exciting you or neon or whatever yeah i don't know i mean yeah it's not it's not neon and it's not so vibrant that you cannot watch it. I just mean like it has more kind of colorful side to the painting. And with, for instance, with the bridges, there were already like bright colors inside, but the, the background was kind of dark. And I think now what changed is actually that the background is light. It's actually this raw canvas and uh, the elements that come on the canvas then have a different connotation to the, like in like in general, like just connotation of 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 color and how it is reacting to other colors on the canvas and with the raw canvas color. Um, so I think I'm not. 
I'm, I'm actually not afraid of like what people are going to think because I don't know. I'm just like, I'm happy to be growing a bit um, yeah. and moving on. So I, I really like what I'm doing at the moment. So we'll see, we'll see if everybody else thinks that way. But in the end, I mean, I'm painting for me. And so, so if, so if yeah. all of a sudden you come out with some retinal scorching sunsets, then, uh, <laughs> no, but it's not like that. I mean, yeah. the, the thing is the paintings have like, it's not just about sunsets. Like I, mm -hmm. I had like multiple <laughs> ideas about mm -hmm. like, what is the sky? Why are we looking up? What do we see when we are looking up? So basically, it's, it started all with um, Starlink satellites, actually, in the sky. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so this was my initial point. It's like, what are those lights? So it's satellites. So when I dug in, like, how many are there supposed to be? What will our night sky look like? Like, it will be a net of, of things just flying around all the time. Like, the studying of stars will be... I mean, of space will be um, not possible anymore. I mean, to a certain extent. And yeah, this was just the beginning of this looking up. And that's why I also started noticing how people on Instagram are always posting, for instance, when there is a nice sunset, like it's, it has yeah. to be in the story. So I started taking snapshots, I mean, um, uh, screenshots of it. Mm -hmm. So I have hundreds of those screenshots, like from Instagram, of people posting sunsets and clouds <laughs> and stuff like that. And this fascination with clouds is actually the ones that, I mean, with, with the sky in general, is what kind of occupied my mind. Like, why, why are we so drawn to this? Like, is this this kind of invisible feeling that we have, or is it just this beauty that we see? Um, and yeah, anyway, I just started like to combine all these things together as the way I can, yeah, <laughs> like different, great. different concepts, different things. And yeah, at the moment I am just, um, putting together like all these different experiences and it's yeah it's interesting results I have to say I'm, I was surprised also when I did the first painting I was like okay now I understand where my painting can go next even though with each painting it's completely different so but yeah <laughs> I try <laughs> so yeah it's not just vibrant colors it's not just um, sunsets it's like I think my trying to understand this gaze in the sky. Yeah. During your process, do you have people into the studio? Um, you know, like you do in school, like do you do studio visits or do you like to keep it all? Um, well, actually, to, to I, yeah, I share a studio with a friend. Um, so he's been here now for half a year and it's really fun because I feel like I've gone back to school um, right. because we are just giving each other so many comments and critiques and I really love it because it's, yeah. 
it's so fun to have like this dynamic and especially if it's a person that you really I don't know you like their work and you are you're starting to become good friends and it's just like I don't know just like a, a nice conversation to have every mm -hmm. day so yeah it's nice but also we have like a whole community here so yeah it's we often do like studio visits or that's great just drink coffee or something like that coffee is good <laughs> um, yeah yeah because i mean that's the one thing i think to be a decent artist you obviously have to be able to spend a lot of time by yourself but it's it's tough you know um, oh yeah we're all probably pretty introverted but um but a, a good conversation or over a even a mediocre cup of coffee about <laughs> yeah. art is amazing yeah. you know and yeah. could, could maybe because um, i really do think sometimes you know if we're if you're inspired which is a amazing gift to get to that point i think um while you're making the work does is that communicated through the mark or the brush stroke um you know because sometimes i think if i am painting some tedious gridded layered thing for you know days does do i lose somebody there you know if it just gets really cold and technical i mean i'm probably thinking too much but you know <laughs> anyway no no i have same struggles it's <laughs> it's how it is but in the end like what is it that you want from the painting is um it has to be somehow obvious you know what kind of feeling even even if it's like technical painting still it should create some kind of feeling like when the viewer sees it so i think when you are locked up in your studio for a really yeah. long time and don't speak to anybody it can be that you come to the point where you don't know anymore if this makes sense at all right um, right and I come to that point quite often. <laughs> that negative self-talk will get you every time. Yeah, but, you know, a certain amount of doubt is always good to have. I mean, it was like one advice that I got from, a, from my mentor here in Leipzig. And he said, like, that doubt should be your best friend. So basically, every few months I have ups and downs, you know, like mostly sure. then downs and I have to convince myself that yes, it's still worth going on. Like keep creating, keep making. And, um, but then but do you doubt a, that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a vicious cycle. <laughs> oh yeah, it is a cycle. It is. It's a nonstop, never ending cycle. So, yeah. Once the painting is going good, it's fine. And then you get stuck and then everything goes down. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's a vicious circle. Oh, yeah, I agree. So I, I agree with you about doubt. Um, that it's not fun to live with, but I, I think that's a good <laughs> skill for an artist to have so that you're just not enamored with, you know, what comes easily or. But um, what what do you do in the studio? Cause obviously it sounds like you have a very disciplined practice and there's a child involved, you know, so your time is precious. Like how do you jumpstart? Cause you can't wait to be inspired. You can't wait to, I mean, you know, whether it's literally a cup of coffee and, but how do you kind of, um, can do you trick yourself? Do you, 
I don't know, some people do yoga and stand on their head, uh, do pull-ups. <laughs> I mean, like some people do physical things, they dance. I don't know. what Any tricks in terms of trying to keep yourself um, in the best mindset, you know, fleeting as mm. it is in the studio? Like, how do you navigate? Wow, tough question. Um, I don't know if I have a thing like how to navigate when I feel down or when I don't feel like working or anything. I think it's okay also to have days where you don't do anything, like to just observe and and just maybe take a day off, like to rethink mm -hmm. things. And I think this quite often happens to me, um, not like by taking a lot of time off, but just a few hours, maybe not showing up in the studio, maybe just like having my doubts. <laughs> thinking but you're about still them. working though. Don't you notice that even if you're yeah, not in the yeah. studio, you're yeah, still well, working. You're, it's you're still always thinking. a process. Yes. Yeah, even you're still in, processing even it. When I am in bed, I'm thinking what my next step should be. So yeah, it's a never ending process basically. Um, but one thing that maybe helps me like in my whole routine and like process of painting is that in the beginning, like when I get a sense of what kind of topic I want to go into, um, I have like this, I don't know, research phase where I read a lot and then I just take pictures and I scout like pictures from internet. So on the topic. And then I would have like folders and folders of images that are connected to the topic that I'm interested in. And from those pictures, I then draw like tiny little sketches, um, like in my sketchbook, like as, as an ideas for paintings. And sometimes it can be just like one element. Sometimes it's just, I don't know, three lines or whatever. Um, but it has some kind of direction. So often when I don't feel like making the painting anymore or just like need time off, I would go back and revisit those small sketches and like trying to think what I, what I thought then, like what, 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 what was my yeah. initial thought okay. and what was my thinking process. Um, That's helpful. And I, I also think yeah. it's, it's um, I, I keep using the word courageous, but I think it is because to, to take what seems like time off. But uh, even if you're sitting in the studio and just looking at something, you know, and, and playing, it's like chess, but in your brain. Um, but I think we're wired. We feel like we should always be actually painting or, you know, working yeah. where I, I don't know. Yeah. It seems like maybe the longer that we do this, the more time is spent thinking and looking and planning versus the, the, some of the fun parts, like pulling tape off. Is there anything more satisfying than when the edge is nice and crisp and just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. No. Um, but um, That's... I, I, I really feel like that uh, tuning in today, like that's what I need to hear, you know, because I constantly feel like, man, you should be doing a whole lot more. And some days it's like, that's it, you know. But that's what all I got is in more? me. I mean, it's right. also days where you just have to do emails. It sucks. Like, yeah. You cannot oh, yeah. concentrate on, on 
on even thinking about a painting. Like I just have to do emails. So it's it's crazy. It's like it's very hard to juggle everything at once. Sure. And and that's why I think also I have my mind always preoccupied with with things that are happening in the studio because otherwise I don't know how would I get back to the to that entry point like every day. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question on this yes. side. Uh, um, while you're working, do you listen to music or anything or watch anything or silence? Yeah. No, I don't like, I'm, sometimes I like silence when I'm really into observing uh, paintings. Then I like silence because otherwise I, I it disturbs my, my thoughts. Um, but otherwise I love listening to audiobooks like when I am... Um, especially when I'm taping, because uh-huh. that's like a very <laughs> slow process. And it's, yeah. it's, and if I have like a projected um, picture on a canvas, then I can like easily just do and, you know, listen to whatever there is. But yeah, sometimes music, sometimes podcasts, sometimes just like books. Um, yeah, recently I listened to a very good sci-fi book and it was was I really connected to it, you know, and oh, that's, cool. that's something that's not easily to come. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we could, uh, glad we could connect. Yeah, this was I great. I really enjoyed this and, and yeah. I'm so glad this came together. Um, Me if, too. So how does someone find out more about your work? Well, I have a website um, and I have an Instagram page. <laughs> That's it for most of the times, yes. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> otherwise, I'm trying to participate in exhibitions. So if you're in Europe, maybe you can see. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it's on Instagram. It's um, at Susanna Barborowice. Um, and yes, you can find my work there. And if you like it, you can just chat with me make a conversation yeah you have a great instagram <laughs> i enjoyed looking yeah. through there and and your website is uh easily easy to navigate great work oh um, thank you but very as, much. as a painter i was just really really excited it's like man these are fantastic paintings thank you so much and thank you for well, the invitation i had a right, thanks for joining us i can't wait till uh, you know leipzig will definitely be one of the stops on the brain fuzz yes europe oh, tour yeah. coming up uh <laughs> There'll be more information about that further down the road. But, uh, yeah, definitely on the list. Yeah, it's really nice. You should come. All right, all right. Thanks for taking the time, and we wish you luck in the studio and continued success. Thank you so much, and it was wonderful talking to you. Ciao. As always, be sure to visit the show notes at brainfuzzpodcast.com for more information on the topics discussed in this episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Just search Brain Fuzz. That's two words, Brain Fuzz. And be sure to leave a thumbs up or a five-star review. Finally, don't forget Instagram at Brain Fuzz Podcast for the rare visual nuggets related to the show. Engage in the dialogue, or just say hello, and use hashtag Brain Fuzz Podcast. Slavic language, and um, yeah, it's what I have. <laughs> What is the name of that mark? Do you know? 
Oh, I don't know this in English. I am really sorry. This is That's just right. yeah, no, good, good question, Matthew. She's probably been painting all day. Has <laughs> studio brain. And you're like, could you diagram <laughs> this dig sentence into for us? Some grammar here. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I'm bad. I'm also like because.